This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. Good morning and welcome to episode number 57 of Go To Grandma and one that I'm calling Celebration. I'm your host, Kathy Buckworth, grandma of two and curator and purveyor of all things grandparenting. If you're joining us for the first time, that's something to celebrate. If you've been with us for a while, thank you and you know what to expect in this half hour of fun and facts dedicated to today's grandparents. Maybe being a grandparent is a goal in your life. Maybe being a better or a different type of grandparent is a goal to you. Heck, maybe keeping the top of the dryer clean is a goal for you. The important thing is to set a goal and then take the steps to manifest that goal. Author and life coach Erica Diamond joins me today to talk about her brand new book called List Your Own Goals Journal, a hundred lists to inspire and motivate your growth. Why is it so important to write our goals down? And how do we stay motivated no matter where we are in our life's journey? We need to celebrate our wins. For me, a goal might be to host a perfect wine-tasting evening. Well, how about that? We have author and wine expert Natalie McLean back on the show to walk us through her 10 tips to host a perfect wine-tasting event. From sending out the invites, the foods you might serve, how to taste the wine, and when to call a taxi. Cause for celebration, I think. And you know I like to keep a theme going, so our Take 5 with RBC interview today is a celebration as well. A celebration of RBC being my title sponsor for this show and podcast for over a year as we head into our second year together. To commemorate or celebrate this, we're going to look back on some of the hot topics we covered in Season 1 of Go To Grandma. I'm celebrating the fact that I have a hot coffee and a hot mic in front of me. You're listening to Go To Grandma. I'm Kathy Buckworth, and I'm going to be speaking with Erica Diamond next. Teaching busy women how to prioritize self-care, Erica Diamond is a certified life coach and certified yoga and meditation teacher, TV correspondent, author, speaker, course creator, podcast host, and founder of Bliss Essential Oils. Erica has been named to the coveted list of the top 20 women in Canada, Forbes magazine's top 100 sites for women, and a Profit Hot 50 Canadian company. Erica is a busy mom of two teen boys and a diehard music lover. Good morning, Erica Diamond. Thanks so much for coming on the show today. I'm so thrilled to be here with you, Kathy. It's been a long time. <laughs> it has. We've known each other for quite a while, and I'm so happy to connect on this, the occasion of your brand new book, which we're going to talk about today. And we're going to talk about why setting goals at every chapter, pardon the pun, right, of life is important. So let's start with why are setting goals for ourselves so important? Oh, well, setting goals are the foundation to us thriving personally, professionally, in our marriage, in our relationships. So if we go through life in a kind of haphazard kind of way, you know, things can take an odd dip. So the idea is to not be too serious in your goals, too rigid, uh, have the ability to be flexible in our goals, but to have kind of like a, you know, a macro outline of where you want to be. And so I'll even tell you, Kathy, when I'm working with my clients, all my coaching clients get the big three. So mm-hmm. They all have to answer these three questions. Number one, what is the big picture goal and dream for you? So I have them describe it to me. Like, what is the vision? If you could wake up to the perfect day, what does that look like? Next, what is standing in the way 
of you accomplishing those goals. So is it not enough time, not enough energy, not, you know, it's not childcare for your kids, what, you know, financial resources, what is standing in the way of you accomplishing that big picture dream or goal? And then what is the first step, the next right move that you can take now to start forging your way to that dream life? So everyone has to answer those three questions. And that's why, you know, these goals are so we can really live our best lives, like Oprah says. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And the thing is, it's great that you that you have these three steps almost because we think, well, I don't know, it's such a va- sometimes it can be too big, you know, like a vague sort of thing. What are my goals? And that's what's great about your book. It is called the List Your Goals Journal, a hundred yeah. lists to inspire and motivate your growth. So you take us through many different aspects of our life, from our personal to our professional, yeah. et cetera. And, and it really, I think, helps to sort of sort of direct our goals, I guess, is what the book does. Absolutely. So um, this is created as a beautiful nightstand journal, Kathy. I wanted someone to be able to... So first of all, I don't know if you know that you're 42% more likely to accomplish your goals if you write them down. Hmm. And so this book is not even... I've had people say, you know, can I buy the PDF or Kindle version? No, you cannot. This is the exercise of putting the pen to paper. So it's a beautiful nightstand journal. I always say if you can take about five to 10 minutes of self-care in the morning get the pen to paper, reflect, do some writing, do some plotting, planning, goal strategizing, and then before bed. So this is a nightstand journal. This is to help guide you through the five areas of the book. So personal growth, professional growth, you know, health and well-being, relationship goals. So we take you through five different areas, a hundred, you know, probing, wonderful questions to get you thinking about what's working, what's not working, what are the next few steps you can take to get things on the right path. And then 20 affirmations to inspire you as you move along. So statements you can say to yourself, you know, to keep you on track. So this is the journal I wish I had to manifest my goals. And so that's why it was created. And I'm so excited. Uh, it's, it's really getting beautiful reviews. It's only been out for a week and a half. Wow. But already, you know, people writing in that like they love it and they're already making plans and they're shedding all the crap that they've been doing for a long time and they're, you know, course correcting. So that makes my heart really happy. That's amazing. I love the idea of this nightstand journal on pen to paper. I'm a big believer in that too. And you've just mentioned 42% more likely to be successful in our goals. So that's clear that we need to write these down. So I wonder, do you have any more tips on how we could manifest our goals and dreams this year, no matter what stage of life we're in? So absolutely. So no matter what stage of life you're in, I will share, I talk about the five pillars of well-being and self-care. So this is how we want to do kind of like a full 360 degree, you know, full spectrum thriving life. So I ask you to look at the five areas, what you eat, how you sleep, how you move, how you manage stress, and how you connect socially. Mm. So get real Reflect on how you are navigating. How are you eating? How are you sleeping? How are you moving your body? How are you, you know, managing stress and how are you connecting socially? <clears throat> and then wherever you're struggling the most in those five pillars, what are some action plans you can create now? So if you know that you're, you know, you don't have a lot of energy, you're eating like crap, you're grabbing junk, you know, you're, you're busy. Well, what is the next plan that you can create for yourself? This Sunday, can you go to a fresh open-air market, grab some fruits and vegetables, cut them up on Sunday, meal prep on Sunday so that when you wake up during the week, you can grab a meal for you and your partner, uh, you know, for dinner that night. Instead of reaching for junk food, you'll have fresh cut food, you know, fresh healthy food cut up. So see where you're struggling in those five, five areas. And often, you know, when we're getting older, we talk a lot about isolation. So mm-hmm. We know the studies on loneliness and how they are actual predictors in in depression. So we want to make sure that we're getting out, 
We have those coffee dates with our friends, date nights with our partner. It's really important to stay social. So look at those five pillars. Wherever you're struggling most, make a plan to tackle that pillar first. But it's a great point in the sense that, you know, that you need the five pillars to stay upright. If one is sort of sagging down, it can definitely affect the other areas, right? It can put more pressure on some of the other areas of our life. Oh, well, absolutely. If we don't have a stress management toolkit, if we're not being mindful, breathing, meditating, then we're not going to be sleeping well. So if we're stressed, it'll affect our sleep. So you're totally correct. They all help each other when we're on the good path and they all kind of hurt each other if we're not on the right path, right? Exactly right. And I understand exactly. Sometimes I think, you know what, I've been eating really well lately, but guess what? You know, I haven't seen anybody. And it's that was especially hard, of course, during lockdown and during the heavy oh, phases of the pandemic. Yeah. And you know what? It made a big difference even doing Zoom calls and phone calls and more so even than, you know, texting and messaging, right? Really seeing and hearing somebody made a big difference for me. Well, that was the saving grace during COVID is, is we had to do those Zoom calls. That was the only form of connection. But now that things have opened up, I say IRL in real life, yeah. you know, grab a walk with a friend, coffee date. It's really important. Sometimes, I don't know about you, Kathy, we're both busy women. But sometimes, like, I know it's a slow hum when I haven't made time for social connection. Mm-hmm. I'll be agitated. I'll know that I'm off. And I'll be like, Erica, when was the last time you saw someone? You were at your desk all day. Or, you know, yep. I work TV over Zoom still. You know, I'm like a life coach over Zoom. So I have to make a conscious effort to get out there. I start to feel really funky. Absolutely. And next time I'm in Montreal, we're going to get together for a walk or something. But in the meantime, of course, I'm going to continue to follow you on social media. Um, your website is ericadiamond.com. And you're the same on all social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Erica Diamond. And you have a YouTube channel so we can find you everywhere helping people set their goals. Thank you so much for being on the show today, Erica. Thanks so much, Kathy. Good luck with the book. Thank you. Natalie McLean offers popular online wine and food pairing courses at NatalieMcLean.com. She's the host of Unreserved Wine Talk, selected as one of the best drinks podcasts by the New York Times. Both of her books, Red, White, and Drunk All Over, and Unquenchable, a tipsy quest for the world's best bargain wines, were selected as an Amazon Best Books of the Year. She's the wine expert on CTV's The Social, Canada's largest daytime television show, CTV News, and Global Television's Morning Show. Good morning, Natalie McLean. Thanks for coming on the show today. Hey, Kathy Buckworth, it's good to be back with you. I love it. And you know what? Grandparents spend a lot of time with their grandkids. But you know what? We have a social life, Natalie. We like to see our friends. We like to get together. And one of the things that I know I like to do is get together for wine tasting. But I I really, I'll admit, I don't really know what I'm doing. So (laughs) that's why I asked you to come on the show to take us through the perfect wine tasting evening. And I I know you have some top 10 tips you're going to take us through. And so I'm going to hand it over to you right now. All right. Well, I am happy to help. This is what I'm for, Kathy. Amazing. Um, so first of all, you know, if you're thinking about, well, how many people should I invite? I suggest between six and 12 friends. Of course, it could be fewer than that, but probably no more because that kind of group size works well for both the conversation, but also dividing one bottle of wine into samples. Now, we're not just talking about one bottle. I'll get to that because that would be kind of sad. <laughs> um, but you want to give each person maybe between a one or two ounce pour. So we're talking small pours. And if you look at a, a bottle, you can divide that up easily between six and 12 friends at the most. Perfect. So that's sort of step number one. Step number two, of course, is decide on your date and time. I find around 7, 8 p.m. works well because you'll only need about two, two or three hours at the most, depending on how 
not serious, but... Yeah, exactly. The conversation, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And, and then the conversation will take on a life of its own after you've been through the, the mm-hmm. wine sampling, and you can <laughs> go on for as long as you like. But I find that works unless the other strategy is to maybe start at 5 p.m., mm-hmm. make it a happy hour kind of wine tasting, an early, earlier event before dinner. So then, number three, I would say, uh, select a theme so that uh, you have an organizing principle. Not mm-hmm. that, again, we're going to get formal, but maybe it's everyone brings their most memorable bottle or you all decide on wines from a certain region, let, like let's taste Ontario Pinot Noir. Or maybe it's something seasonal. We've got Thanksgiving and the holidays coming up, so maybe you want to um, focus on great turkey wines or whatever mm-hmm. you're serving for the holidays. All righty, moving on to step four. You want to, um, I've kind of mentioned this already, but determine how much wine you're going to serve. As I said, a two-ounce pour is probably great for four to eight wines. Of course, you want to think about how much everyone is imbibing if they are actually swallowing the wine, and I've found that that's hard not to do. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Me too. (laughs) But you can also provide spittoons or mugs. Mm -hmm. Spittoons is a fancy way of saying a spit bucket or a spit mug. (laughs) Make sure they're opaque. No clear glasses. Oh, yes. Good tip. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Really good tip. (laughs) So you think over the course of two to three hours, you probably don't want your guests um, imbibing any more than, say, a Mm -hmm. glass per hour. I mean, it all depends if you've got, you know, room for all your friends to sleep over or not. But that's probably the amount you're looking at. And then step number five, you can choose finger foods that aren't too spicy or hot, that might overwhelm the wine. As we know, we absorb alcohol uh, less quickly into our bloodstream if we have food at the same time or before we start drinking. Are there foods that you would suggest then, Natalie, that sort of, I don't know, cleanse the palate? That sounds like I know what I'm talking about and I don't, but are there foods that you might suggest that, you know, are not too spicy, too hot that we can have in between? Sure. So neutral bread or crackers are good. Okay. You know, it, it depends. Again, like, I don't like to get too caught up in the rules, but, uh, you know, I, I would just avoid, like, those chili pepper crackers and the yeah. newfangled stuff they've got going. <laughs> Makes sense. Yeah, something neutral. Number six, on the evening of the tasting, so you'll set out the wine glasses, finger foods, bread, uh, water. That's an important mm-hmm. one because if people are thirsty, you don't want them slaking their thirst just on the wine. You right. want to give them some water. Uh, Paper and pens if you want to make notes. Number seven, um, you can serve the wine in flights. And so what I mean by that is you might serve the first four wines in four glasses, your ounce pour, your Mm two-ounce pour. What's really instructive, people think, oh, I I don't get wine. I I can't see why this wine tastes like apricots and that one tastes like plums. But the difference is... And the aromas will jump out at you if you're tasting wine side by side. And that's Hmm. why this kind of a tasting is really illuminates um, the differences and just how much you know without knowing it. Hmm. And you might want to keep the bottles in brown bags or somehow covered and number them if you want to do a blind tasting. So at the end, people can guess who brought which bottle or which wine was this, Hmm. that sort of thing. Number eight, you want to sample the whites before the reds. Light wines before full-bodied, dry before sweet, because we're always drinking up sensorily. Otherwise, if we reverse any of those, the wine might, you know, the second wine might taste sort of wimpy by comparison. (laughs) If you were doing a tasting of sparkling wines, would the same sort of thing apply to that? Yes, exactly. I might start off with the sparkling, and for another reason that 
you don't want a sparkling bottle of wine sitting out getting warm because right. it's going to fizz all over the place. But also, you know, you want to pour and taste pretty much right away while the bubbles are still effervescing. Makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah. Number nine, encourage everyone to share their thoughts. And, and that can be as simple as whether they like it or not. Thumbs up, thumbs down. We mm-hmm. don't have to get technical. You could have them vote on which wines they like best or what the wine reminds them of. Uh, it could be a memory or whatever. Um, and number 10, you can encourage them to expectorate, which is the fancy <laughs> word for spit. <laughs> I like that <laughs> word better. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, call taxis or Uber mm-hmm. or Lyft or whatever you're using for those who need a drive home or arrange uh, designated drivers. So those are my top 10 tips. <laughs> I think those are great tips. And I love the one that you talk about, uh, maybe just a memorable wine that we've had. You know, like yeah. I love that one to say, you know, I really like this one on this certain occasion. And maybe you will too. Instead of saying by region or by grape or yeah. make a little more accessible, I think, for people? It does. And I think, you know, wine is one of those things that brings back memory. Mm-hmm. Because the beauty of wine is actually in the smell, not the taste. Although, don't get me wrong, I love the taste. But smell is directly connected to the area of the brain for emotion and memory. Unlike all the other senses, sight, touch, hearing, and so on, they all have to buy, uh, go through other parts of the brain to get to that area of memory and emotion. Smell goes right there. And that's why when I open certain bottles and smell them, I'm right back to the first time I had them. And so I so agree with you, Kathy. Like sharing a, a memorable story is, is not only easy and accessible, but I think it would make the evening more personal. Like mm-hmm. we first had this wine when we got our first apartment. Exactly. Back in, you know, 1960, whatever. Yeah, no, exactly. Or when we had our first grandchild. How's that? Exactly. There you go. Excellent idea. So I have to have you back on the show to give me an example of how to actually taste the wine, looking at it, tasting it, et cetera. And that can take more time than we have today, but that'll be a fun topic. And in the meantime, we'll go to natalymclean.com to your website and Instagram, Facebook, Nat Decants to find more about wine tasting. Thanks so much for coming on the show again today, Natalie. Oh, cheers, Kathy. I raise my glass to you. And you as well. All right. Bye. Bye. Kathy Burroughs works as Senior Manager Marketing for RBC Bank U.S. to support a cross-border team of specialists in acquiring, engaging, and retaining clients. She has been a lecturer in MBA executive education programs and an international conference speaker in her more than 30 years with RBC. But really, she likes to say, her job is to make banking better for clients, and that includes sharing top tips from Take 5 with RBC on GoToGrandma over the past year. Good morning, Kathy Burroughs. Thanks for coming back on the show. We're going to look at the top tips from Take 5 with RBC and GoToGram over the past year. So how on earth do you pick the top ones when we have been doing this for over a year? Remember, we only have five minutes. (laughs) (laughs) Well, before we get started, Kathy, let me just say congratulations on your first season of GoToGramma. RBC's been really happy to be part of your success this past year with our Take 5 series and sharing stories that we believe are relevant for Canadians. And you're right, it was tough to pick the top tips from the Take 5 series, say that five times fast, <laughs> but we used a specific set of criteria really around advice or tips to either help your listeners make better financial decisions or even help enhance their quality of life. So over the past year on your show, our Take 5 with RBC editorial team tapped into a number of the businesses that make up Royal Bank, including RBC Bank US, now that's my team, and in Canada, Royal Trust, as well as home equity financing, personal savings and investments, and retirement teams within the Canadian banking platform. And the tips and advice shared by these businesses, we found, easily fit into three retirement themes, planning it, sharing it, and living it. 
And as you well know, Kathy, we've had lots of RBCers share stories that fit those three themes from executives to directors and managers, as well as RBC partners, and even some of our clients. So tell me a little more about tips for planning it, sharing it, and living it for our listeners, perhaps by starting off with the planning it tips. Sure. Some of the best planning tips about retirement were on the Go to Grandma show called Motherload, a Mother's Day special, with Leanne Kaufman from Royal Trust speaking about estate planning for women and considerations for them around the impacts of being both a caregiver and a care receiver, something I hadn't really thought about. And this helps women determine their financial independence needs, as well as ensuring documents like wills and power of attorney are completed to match their intentions. Then on the Earth Day special, we shared more considerations for aging in place and what Canadians may need for renovating versus relocating, and of course, a power of attorney for care. And then on Game Changers, Leanne Kaufman returned to share the self-serve application, fondly known as Artie, which supports estate planning by first assessing the complexity of one's estate and then providing a dynamic executor checklist. And there's more, as RBC financial planners also share some solid advice and great tools like My Advisor which Rick Lowe's actually talked about on the move or not. Star Wars fans love that title. <laughs> RBC advisors use my advisor to help Canadians approaching retirement to better understand their sources of retirement income, show income projections, and actually help manage any income gaps before they happen. And then RBC also shared some insights from some of their polls with some great planning considerations, like the RBC homeownership poll on a single skipping and selling show and how to plan selling a home so you can be close to grandkids or other family members, or even to downsize as part of your retirement plan. So those were some great tips for planning. What about tips for sharing it and living it? Glad you asked, Kathy. (laughs) There was a great episode, Magazine, where Rick Lowe's actually shared the Care Easy app. It's a free app from RBC Ventures designed to help bring family caregivers together online to coordinate caregiving by creating their own circle of care. The app's an easy, convenient way for a caring circle to keep all of them in touch and to stay on top of the needs of the care receiver, a really important thing. And then another sharing tip was from Rachel Meggett in the Brain Food episode, talking about financial literacy and having grandparents use GICs to share their knowledge to help their grandkids better understand money, savings, and investments as a terrific part of their legacy. And then finally, some of the best tips for retirement living it well, you and I have talked about this subject a few times over the past year, and that is multi-generational travel. And in the episode, Aging, Saging, and Voyaging, another mouthful, <laughs> we said it was best to involve everyone up front in the planning of a big trip. And once the destination was set, it's probably easier to let one person coordinate the details and then share. And we also talked about how important it is to talk about the budget and meal plans, and most importantly, manage the expectations by making it clear that as much as they enjoy time with the grandkids, grandparents are not built-in babysitters. But I think some of the best tips for living it come directly from RBC clients and the stories they've been sharing as part of RBC's Second Act series. So we've had an online cooking instructor, a civil servant turned paddling enthusiast, and a casino supervisor turned beekeeper. And as different as all those are, the tips they've provided have really been consistent. And that includes, one, make a plan and do it with a professional advisor as a guide. And two, be engaged in trying new things, taking on new challenges, fully enjoy retirement as a new chapter in your life, and really your own second act. So I think those are all great tips. 
They are great tips, and I am really enjoying this second year as we launch into with RBC and our Take 5 with RBC series, providing all this fantastic financial advice. And if we want to gather it all up, we can go to discover.rbcroyalbank.com and search for GoToGrandma. Thanks for being on the show again today, Kathy. So nice to talk to you. Thanks, Kathy. All the best for the year, too. There's a party going on right here, a celebration to last throughout the years. So bring your good times and your laughter, too. We're going to celebrate your party with you. It's a good thing my kids don't actually listen to my show. They would be cringing over me reciting these cool and the gang lyrics. A party of grandparents, yahoo, this is my kind of crowd. Goal setting and wine. I'm in. Thanks to my own cool gang this morning, Erica and Natalie, for bringing their wisdom and energy to the show today. And of course, thanks to RBC for continuing to be the coolest partner. I celebrate you all. Next week, we have two friends of the show returning. Editor-in-chief of Harrowsmith Magazine, Jen Reynolds, tells us why we need to get our grandkids out to a farm. From learning about how things grow, the animal life cycle, understanding the farm-to-table concept, it'll be a barnyard of information and fun. Julie Cole is a mom of six, and when her oldest son was identified as being on the autism spectrum, she quickly realized how important the support of her own mom was in redefining her parenting experience. She joins us to talk about how significant the grandparent role is in dealing with grandkids with disabilities. And we have big news from my title sponsor, RBC. It's going to be a rewarding experience for you to tune in, so you won't want to miss it. Thanks for dropping in once again. Please don't hesitate to send me your comments, questions, and suggestions for future show topics. Oh, don't worry. I'm not running out, but I love to hear from listeners and find out what's happening in your grandparent world right now. I'm Kathy Buckworth. Thanks for listening on Zoomer Radio or wherever you get your podcasts. Enjoy your grand journey. Share your thoughts on this show with us. You can find Kathy on Twitter at Kathy Buckworth or email her kathy at kathybuckworth.com. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.